chapter 12 of Ayikra, short chapter, uh, concerns the woman who gives birth. Chapter 12 follows upon chapter 11. Chapter 11, the end of the chapter, it's summed up by the Torah, Zotorat HaBeimah V'Ha'of, V'cholnefesh HaChaya HaRomeset B'Mayim, U'cholnefesh HaShoretzet HaRaretz, L'Havdiyo, V'ein HaTomei U'vein HaTohor, V'ein HaChaya HaNechelet, U'vein HaChaya HaShoretechel, these are the instructions concerning animals, birds, all living creatures that move in water, or creatures that swarm on earth, distinguishing between the clean and the unclean, between the living things that may be eaten and the living things that may not be eaten. So chapter 11 begins a series of chapters which deals with distinctions made between that which is Tameh and that which is Tahar, ritually pure or impure, that which may be eaten or not be eaten, this, in fact, takes us back to a statement that we find in chapter 10 after the death of uh, Aaron's sons, two of Aaron's sons. <coughs> the Torah says that God spoke to Aaron, and God said in verse 10, So the role of Aaron, and presumably the other priests as well, was to make distinctions, between the holy and the not holy, between that which is Tameh, impure and pure, and also to teach B'nai Yisrael. So the chapters that follow, chapter 11, which ends with making distinctions, daltem, the Torah says, you shall distinguish between that which may be eaten and which not, may not be eaten. <coughs> um, and of course, that which is... that which... Uh, is richly impure and conveys impurity and that which does not. And the chapters that follow also deal with Tuma and Tara. Chapter 12 is about the woman that gives birth who is Tameya for a certain amount of time. We'll get to that in a moment. And the chapters that follow deal with with Mitzorah, Tzorat, some kind of scale disease. A long chapter about what constitutes scale disease and a long chapter about how one becomes purified from scale disease. And then there's chapter 15, deals with the Zav and the Zava, the Nida. <clears throat> That's a different kind of impurity, genital discharges. And so those chapters are all about Tuma and Tara and distinctions. And then in chapter 16, it picks up with the story of chapter 10, which is the death of Nadav and Avil. And chapter 16 begins, God spoke to Aaron, to Moshe, uh, after the death of Nadav and Avil, bekarvatam lifnei Hashem vayamutus. That's the structure of these chapters. Now, in chapter twelve, deals with the woman who gives birth, and the woman that gives birth, <coughs> says the Torah in chapter twelve, uh, is ritually impure. If it's a boy that's born, then she's ritually impure for seven days. Kimeni dat devotatitma. That's in chapter twelve. Verse number two. And then, says the Torah, that for the next 33 days, in verse number four, <coughs> she remains in a state of purification, up to, for an additional 33 days, up to the 40th day, 
and at the end of the 40th day, she is to bring a set of sacrifices. One of the sacrifices will be a burnt offering in Ola, and the other one will be a chatat, typically translated as a sin offering. She brings these offerings, that's in verse number 6 of chapter 12, and then the Torah says that uh, if she cannot afford uh, to bring the uh, animal as a sacrifice, she's permitted to bring two birds, one of which will be a chatat, and the other will be an ola. That's true if a boy is born. If a girl is born, says the Torah, in the laid in verse number 5 of chapter 12, then then the, the amount of time is doubled. For a girl, she is impure for 14 days, twice the seven-day period of the Nida. Nida is described later in chapter 15, the rules of the Nida. And then, instead of 33 days, she waits an additional 66 days, which brings you to 80 days, after which she brings the same set of sacrifices described earlier in chapter 12. So what's interesting, she brings two sacrifices. One is a chatat, and the other is an ola. I would add that the idea that the woman who is has given birth, that there were rules about her re-entry into the community, is a cross-cultural phenomenon. It's not true only in the Torah. It's true in any number of cultures with varying uh, rituals that the woman is upon birth excluded or separate from the community and requires a ritual to reintroduce her to the community. And many of these other cultures also make distinctions between if she gives birth to a boy or she gives birth to a girl. What's interesting here is the Korban Chatat. She brings a Chatat that she brings to Noah. We are used to thinking of the Korban Chatat as a kind of sin offering. Chet, after all, is a sin, a sin of omission, a sin of commission perhaps sometimes, but uh, the truth is that the set of Chatat and Olah, that appears elsewhere in the Torah, not only in terms of the Yoledet, but it appears later in chapter 15 in terms of the Zav and the Zava. The Zav is the man, the man who has some kind of a discharge from his body for a lengthy period of time. The rabbinic tradition is two days or three days, let's say, three days, after which time he counts seven days of impurity and then brings a set of sacrifices. One is a chatat and one is olah. And the counterpart to that is the zava. That's the woman who bleeds for a long period of time, not in the time one expects, not during the normal cycle, but in addition to a separate time. At the end of, she counts also seven days. And at the end of the seven days, she brings the same set of sacrifices, the chatat and the olah. And we find this chatat and olah, the pair of sacrifices, not only in terms of the zav and the zava and the yoledet, but very interestingly, we find it elsewhere in the book of Bamidbar. In particular interesting is what the Torah says about the nazir, the Nazarite. That's the man or woman who accepts upon themselves uh, certain additional restrictions, not to cut one's hair, not to drink uh, intoxicating beverage, not to come in any contact with the dead, even one's own immediate relatives. And such a person is called the Nazir. And the Nazir is a vow. You take a vow. At the completion of the vow, 
you bring a set of sacrifices. Let's say somebody has successfully completed the vow of Nazir. At the end of the vow of Nazir, there are three sacrifices that this person would bring. There's the Karban Shlamim. That's a very central uh, sacrifice of the three. But in addition to the Karban Shlamim, the Nazir brings a Chatat and brings an Olah. Now, why does the Nazir bring a Chatat? It is true that the commentaries on the uh, Torah, and we already find this in earlier sources, are wondering what the Nazir did wrong. Rashi, for example, claims the Nazir did something wrong by becoming a Nazir. They're very taking on of the vow, taking on extra things you don't have to take, restricting yourselves in ways that the Torah says is unnecessary. God permits you. And you did it, Rashi thinks that's sinful. Nachmanides, on the other hand, has precisely the opposite approach. The sin is not inaugurating the Nazarite situation, the Nazarite condition. The sin is stopping it. The Nazir is holy. Why stop? You only took it for a limited time, but that itself was wrong. Since you can complete it, you did complete it, you should not have stopped. Having said all that, the plain reading of the Torah, I think, takes us in a totally different direction. And that is, it's not about a particular sin. What it actually is about in all of these cases, and there are others as well, perhaps we'll get to them, is being separate from the community and being reintegrated into the community. The Olah and the Chatat, this pair of sacrifices, <coughs> is all about reincorporation. If there is a sin to speak of, and I wouldn't call it a sin, I would argue that the very fact of being outside the community is problematic. The very fact that someone, perhaps for very good reasons, the Nazir for good reason, the Yoledet for excellent reasons, if she's given birth to a child. But in fact, that suggests, for whatever reason, that the woman who gives birth is somehow outside. And there has to be a ritual of reincorporation. And rituals of reincorporation were the, because of a prior impurity, a prior tumma, or the woman who gives birth, or the Nazarite who declared her, herself or himself holy. These situations um, require reincorporation. The Chatat and the Allah are the sacrificial ritual which allow one to be reincorporated into the community.